from Cited Media, this is Darts and Letters. I'm Gordon Caddick. And I have COVID. Well, it's over and done with now. Thankfully, I am fine. It wasn't too bad, but I was pretty much wiped out for almost a week. So uh, stay safe out there. As you might expect, we fell behind a little bit. I am sorry. I hope you understand with the plague and all. Still, I wanted to bring you something. I wanted to bring you a little New Year's episode. Perhaps it's a bit late, but, you know, COVID. This episode is going to be short and hopefully sweet. We just wanted to say Happy New Year's. We also wanted to share some of our New Year's resolutions. These are left-wing New Year's resolutions or New Year's resolutions for the left. I've got a few ideas and so does our team. But first, I've called back some of our past guests and I asked them, what are their resolutions? First up, Robert Green II. He is an assistant professor at Clayton University. Professor Green is a historian who writes about civil rights and African-American intellectual history. Good evening, all. And I think my New Year's resolution for the left is to quite simply for all of us to move beyond the debate over race versus class when it comes to the left in America. This debate over race versus class has been going on for well over a century now, and I think it's high time for us to finally reconcile with the fact that you cannot have a forceful left analysis of anything in this country without taking into account race and class together. Folks like Hubert Harrison, W.B. Du Bois, Martin Luther King Jr., Angela Davis, Fannie Lou Hamer, and so many others have all made this argument. And it's time for us to recognize that they have made these arguments, that we have the tools with which to critique both race and class, and that we just don't have time anymore for these kinds of arguments. Instead, we should be using our time to plan ways to create cross-racial coalitions, the kind that we've talked about for decades, the kind that we've seen briefly in previous generations, and to push forward in making sure that is the way things are for the left in this country. That was Robert Greene II. You can find links to his work on our show page. Next up, a special write-in resolution from Victor Picard. Victor is a political economist of media and author of Democracy Without Journalism, Confronting the Misinformation Society. He tells us, In 2022, the left will come to see that the worsening journalism crisis is a core problem for the future of progressive politics. His resolution? As the commercial model continues to collapse, we will have to imagine and work towards creating a new publicly owned and radically democratic media system. Next up, journalist Nora Loretto. I think the last two years of the pandemic have demonstrated just how much we need to come together, not mediated by technology. And so I will be making a priority of seeing people again. I'll do it safely and I'll do it in different ways depending on what my friends or comrades need from me. But organizing in real life together with people in a room that hopefully isn't bugged, surrounded by people who hopefully aren't undercover cops, that's what I'm hoping for in 2022. 
Nora Loretto appeared on our 34th episode, Gord and Nora's Infinite Liberal Minority. She came on partly to talk about her forthcoming book, Spin Doctors, How Media and Politicians Misdiagnose the COVID-19 Pandemic. While the book is not forthcoming anymore, it is out, and I recommend you check it out. This is Hillary Agro of Bread and Poppies. I have three New Year's resolutions for the left in 2022. One is that we do a little bit less information gathering and a bit more action. The world is shit. You know that. I know that. Doom scrolling and constantly checking the news is counterproductive because it just saps your energy for taking actual action towards union organizing or mutual aid work. When you're in a rut and if you're able to, focus on helpful things that you can do outside with your hands face to face with other people. The second is to take care of ourselves. You can't help others if you're not functional yourself. Don't obviously use this as an excuse to do bullshit in your liberal self-care 24 hours a day, but if you have a hard time meeting your own needs because you're so busy helping others, frame taking care of yourself as an act of community care. Burnout is very real, and we need you to feel safe and healthy for anti-capitalist work in the long run. The third is to support full drug legalization, as well as police and prison abolition, the land back movement, sex work decrim, and border abolition. I know these are pretty spicy issues, but if you have reservations and good faith questions, that's okay. Just seek out the answers. Your comrades have been working on these issues for decades, and it's vital that we understand how all issues of oppression are part of the same anti-capitalist fight so that we're working towards a post-capitalist future that doesn't reproduce the same systems of control and domination that we're under today. So that's it. We're going to make this our year. Fuck Jeff Bezos. It's organizing time. That was Hilary Agro, host of the podcast Bread and Poppies. It is coming back soon, so subscribe today. We have another special write-in resolution. This one from Jasmine Banks of Uncoke My Campus. She reminds us, we've just got to focus on the corporate elite. The last few years have been draining on many levels. If there's any resolution to be made in 2022, it should be a commitment to uplift and sustain those who have been most impacted. The needs of the common good need to come before the wants of corporate elite. Politicians should listen to their constituents and not simply those making the biggest donations. Jasmine is fighting big money in politics. You can find out more about that at uncokemycampus.org. Next up, our team. You'll hear from lead producer Jay Coburn, but first, darts researcher Dave Mosscrop. This year, the left should focus, as every year, on structural changes and material redistribution. It's not enough to focus on symbol. It's not enough to focus on stopgap. We've got to look at structural changes to our political, economic, and social institutions. In my own work, that's going to mean asking every time I write or every time I comment uh, in public, what are the structural dimensions of this? What are the material dimensions of this? What gets at the heart of the question, which is how do we change the way that things are done so that people have access to the material resources they need day to day, week to week to survive and thrive? And in that way, we'll begin to approach a more just and sustainable society. That was Dave Mosscrop. You can find more of his work on Twitter and check out his podcast. 
It's called Open to Debate. Hello, it's producer Jay here, feeling slightly self-conscious because everyone else has done pretty intellectual, well-thought-out resolutions, whereas mine is just be less of a dick on Twitter, which frankly I do think is also a good resolution for the left. And I decided on this resolution because I googled myself, and right at the top of Google, in full, are my three most recent tweets. Um, When I did this googling, I had been in a phase of cyberbullying Doug Ford. So it didn't really look very good, even though he's a piece of shit and totally deserves to be cyberbullied. Somehow the Premier of Ontario is a man who got the job because his brother smoked crack while Mayor of Toronto. Like, what the fuck, Ontario? Also, while Googling myself, I found out there's another Jay Coburn who keeps committing crimes in Wales. Anyway, whatever. I'm going to rant less on Twitter and be less of a dick because I don't think anyone actually cares what I have to say. Everyone already knows Doug Ford is a piece of shit and me saying he's a piece of shit hasn't made anyone go, oh wow, I didn't know Doug Ford is a piece of shit. Seriously though, he looks like someone suffocated an albino capybara. Happy New Year to everyone except Doug. That was lead producer Jay Coburn. Okay, last but hopefully not least, my resolutions. But first, a quick message. Darts and Letters is a proud member of the Harbinger Media Network. Harbinger is a group of progressive Canadian podcasts. Podcasts like Tech Won't Save Us, Alberta Advantage, and Big Shiny Takes. The Big Shiny Takes boys have a recent episode with Nora discussing her book, Spin Doctors. Check it out. And Alberta Advantage has one that I really like. It is about where I grew up. Saskatchewan. The episode is called Austerity in Saskatchewan, Roy Romano's NDP. You can find that and other podcasts at harbingermedianetwork.com. Okay, back to the show. Okay, I have three resolutions. The first one is top of mind because I got sick. COVID has been totally mismanaged where I live and probably where you live too. So it's obvious we need to work to strengthen and improve our scientific and medical systems. But we also need to do more to democratize them and make them more responsive to popular concerns, public distrust, and health inequalities. We live in an increasingly complicated world where experts have more and more say and more and more influence. Those people have to be accountable. We can't submit to a liberal temptation to simply defer to them because we know that they fuck up. At the same time, we can't live without them or dismiss them. But we also can't reassure ourselves with left-wing technocratic fantasies. If you think we're just going to find enough Marxist technocrats and problem solved, well, you're deluding yourself. Because the problem is unaccountable authority. That was the anarchist critique of science and bureaucracy, and that was the prediction. Bakunin warned of a new priestly caste of experts that would become the most aristocratic, despotic, arrogant, and elitist of all regimes. And wherever technocratic authority reigned, I think he was right. From the Soviet of technicians to the impersonal corporate bureaucracies, I am not signing up for that. I am going to pick democracy instead with all of its messiness. But that will involve scientific and political education, engagement and deliberation, and perhaps most importantly, new ideas for democratizing expert institutions. What that looks like, I have no idea. I'm going to think more and more about it. But for now, I do have a simple resolution. I resolve to never say, keep politics out of science. 
If COVID-19 has taught us anything, it is that science is political. So we have to make sure that it represents our political values. How? Well, like I said, I don't know. The answer to that's going to take a while. But at least for now, let's stop deluding ourselves with technocratic fantasies. Okay, second one. The left needs to develop a better ethic of clear writing, argument, and popular engagement. Again, this comes from personal experience. While I was down with COVID, I did more and more of my PhD readings. And I came to realize that the left is pretty inaccessible. There's the sophistry in some corners of cultural studies. We know that. Marxists are generally better but not always. Many of them are transfixed by obtuse, obscure theoretical arguments. They're trying to figure out the exact relationship of the base and the superstructure, or they're parsing historical events through dialectical formulas and grand theories, or they're reading interpretation upon interpretation upon interpretation of some secret theoretician. This just isn't relevant to working people. And many of the people that we celebrate aren't read by working people because Slavoj Žižek, Mark Fisher, Michel Foucault, all these people, they write to impress, not to be clear, convincing, or politically effective. So these holidays, I reread Orwell's Politics of the English Language. It's a very short essay. It's an essay that calls out debased language, pretentious language with prefabricated phrases, vagueness, and humbug. I think you should read it and you should embrace it. Because clear language will help us have clear thoughts. And not just that, it will make us more accessible and less insular. We can be popular without sacrificing our intellectual standards. I resolve to be more like Orwell, or more like Noam Chomsky. The words they write, there's not many frills there. They're simple. Words like, quote, It is the responsibility of intellectuals to speak the truth and to expose lies. Those are the kinds of words that aren't going to impress anyone. But they are the kinds of words that are going to bring new people to the left. I resolve to try and write like that, think like that, argue like that, and maybe even live like that. Finally, like other people have said, we need to do more activism. But I also think we need to stop calling out the culture wars. There are many programs I like, programs like Chapo Trapas or Breaking Points, and they very astutely tell us that we are transfixed by dead politics. They tell us that the culture wars give us a way of feeling like we're doing politics, but not much else. The problem with these critiques is not that they're wrong, it's that they're maybe too right. They're like self-fulfilling prophecies that become true. Because here's the twisted irony. The people who consistently dismiss the culture wars are perhaps the people who are the most focused on them. They're focused on ridiculing columnists, on mocking the absurdities and contradictions, and dismissing everything as a sham. Well, if everything is a sham, why do you spend so much time with it? Committed political activists don't sit around bemoaning our dead politics. They just do real politics. If you don't notice that, it's maybe because you're too online. Now, I'm not going to get all self-righteous and pretend I'm any better. I'm just as guilty of this as anybody. I'm a podcaster. I'm online. I'm not engaged in real political activism. But at the very least, I'm going to make a simple resolution. And it's this. I'm not going to get fatalistic. I'm not going to deride or dismiss or minimize activism. I'm going to try and find it, celebrate it, and maybe even engage in it. Otherwise, the critiques do become true. We are indeed powerless. 
but I don't think we have to be. Happy New Year's from Darts and Letters. Stay safe. And that's it for this week's episode of Darts and Letters. Our lead producer is Jay Coburn. Our managing producer is Mark Epilonio. We have research and show notes from Dave Mosscrop. Marketing from Ian Souden. As always, our theme song and outro is composed by Mike Barber. Our graphic designs are by Dakota Coop, and I'm your host and editor, Gordon Caddick. You can send us feedback by emailing the show. The address is darts at citedmedia.ca. Or you can tweet us at Darts and Letters. Darts and Letters is supported by our generous patrons. Join us and join them by going to patreon.com forward slash darts and letters. Patrons get content a day early. Thanks for listening. Check back in next Friday. Thank you.